Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast. I'm your host, Elena Fox. Hey guys, I hope you're doing really well in this moment in time and that whenever and wherever you happen to be in this seemingly controlled chaos, this chaotic world, I hope that you are able to navigate the seemingly random messages and sift through which ones apply to you and your situation and that you're able to discern the truth of these messages. Now, when I say messages, I mean what you see on Twitter, Instagram, you know, Facebook, all the social social media posts. There's like all these sayings, people say stuff and sometimes they're just bullshit and sometimes they're absolutely real. And I'm going to run a few by you that I found to be real and right and true. And I want you guys to just contemplate some of these or all of them and see if they do sit, fit your situation or if they sit right with you in a way that it helps you to recognize what you need to heal, what you need to let go of, or who, <laughs> who do you need to let go of that are um, reflected in some of these mirrors. <laughs> some of these posts aren't posts, they're not memes, they're mirrors. <laughs> Sometimes they're reflecting what's in your life and what you've gone through. So I'm going to go through some of these. And see if we can't use the memes to help us out in our understanding of ourselves, the world, our lives, and our pasts. So this one really in particular got me. I even uh, sent it to my friend. I think you remember uh, Jordan, the stories of Jordan, uh, my friend who was my friend for many years until he came to live with me. <laughs> and then I realized, wow, he's a pile of disrespect. If ever I saw a pile of disrespect, it would be him. His patterns from his childhood kicked in while living with me. And he went from being a really nice guy to 48 to 72 hours later to being just such an a-hole. Like I could not even believe like he, if you guys are brand new to the show, this is, this is one story I told earlier, uh, you know, uh, months ago, he cracked open an egg and it spilled like the whole egg spilled on the counter, the granite countertops. Okay. He spilled it on the countertop 
And then he dropped the shell into the spilled egg. And two days later, I was still trying to tell him to clean it the fuck up. I'm like, can you please clean that up? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get to it. Yeah. Yeah. Then finally, after the second day of my saying, you really need to clean this up. And when I got rough with him a little bit, like you need to do this, he started screaming at me and said, why you're not using that part of the countertop. So that's an example of of like extreme disrespect. When I say this guy's a steaming pile of disrespect, I I damn well mean it, (laughs) you know, I mean, normal disrespect is just like, I say good morning and he didn't say anything because he didn't hear me, you know, or he pretended not to hear me, but I know he heard me. That would be, and he did that too, but that would, that'd be just like a normal disrespect. But the steaming pile of disrespect is stuff like that, where you blatantly make a big fat mess. That's really disgusting. It's attracting flies. You're not doing anything about it and you don't give a shit about the other person involved or if the cat eats the egg and gets sick or you know what I mean? Like, that's what I mean. Like blatant disrespect. And some of these memes apply to that situation and they might apply to a situation in your own life in which somebody was disrespecting you or your space or your animal. Like does someone stayed with you or you might be a boyfriend and a girlfriend, you know, anything like that. So I wanted to read some of these and see what you, uh, can discern in your own life, if anything. And if nothing, don't try to make it fit. If it doesn't really fit, you know, this isn't Cinderella and this isn't a magical shoe. (laughs) There's just some memes that I found. Okay. So here we go. Manipulation is when they blame you for your reaction to their disrespect. Manipulation is when they blame you for your reaction to their disrespect. So this was put out by Illest Divinity or Illest Divinity. That's kind of a weird name. I don't even think, oh, this is not even someone I follow. This is like randomly on my feed and I saved it. So manipulation is when they blame you for your reaction to their disrespect. So in my extreme example, he screamed at me for reacting to his putting an egg on the counter and leaving it there because he was so fucking lazy. He couldn't even clean up after himself and he didn't, it didn't upset him at all that he made it that fucking messy. And it wasn't the only, it wasn't the only mess. It wasn't like there was, you know, eight feet of perfectly clean counter. And then there's that one part. It was like the whole fucking counter was like that, but with different things. Like on one counter, it was flour on another. It was oil on another. It was like raw meat. I mean, it was really bad. Like when he moved in with me, my counters had just been um, completely cleaned and bleached down. Everything was clean. Everything smelled like soap. You know, I even had incense burning. The whole place had a very high vibration, you know, and that's the thing when you keep yourself, your, your, your place really, really clean, that also raises the vibration of your place. So when someone comes into your place and disrespects your space, you know, they're lowering the vibration in the play. I mean, this is why I'm not even friends with this guy anymore. Fuck him. You know, I, I don't, 
<laughs> I'm not interested. Anyway, let's see what this next one. Oh yeah, this one wasn't. So the next one wasn't one. Okay, here, here's one. Um, now this is another thing, you know, instead of apologizing to me, even after we're no longer living together, he has decided to never talk to me again because apparently that's easier than admitting he was wrong. Like a grown adult human. So (laughs) it's like for me, apologizing when you made a mistake, it takes a really big person to admit when they're wrong. And it's a sign of being a true man or a true woman, you know, a grown adult. This is part of adulting people, you know, and if people in your life are not even able to admit they're wrong, then it's probably time for you to admit that they're toxic. So here's the next meme. Um, spiritual remedy is 101. Um, this is what they had to say. Toxic people stop talking to you instead of apologizing when they are wrong. Toxic people stop talking to you instead of apologizing when they are wrong. So I thought that was interesting. Now, maybe you are someone who had a really crappy childhood. (laughs) Welcome to the club because it's probably most of us, if not all of us, all of you guys listening probably had some things you weren't thrilled about in your childhood, right? Am I wrong? No, not really. Right. If you had a great childhood, thank God, show us what a normal human looks like, because there's not a lot of examples of this in this world. But, uh, this one was put out by chakras, higher power. And this is all on Instagram, by the way. Um, they said, uh, you are not lazy, unmotivated or stuck after years of living your life in survival mode. You are exhausted. There's a difference. Now this is a quote from Nakea Homer. So a Nakea Homer, Nakea is spelled N A K E I A. I think it's Nakaya. Maybe it's Nakaya Homer. Um, in H O M E R, like, you know, um, like Homer of the Iliad and Odyssey fame. Um, I'm going to read that one again because you need to let that one sink in this one. I mean, look, People have, you know, maybe told you you're lazy or you're unmotivated, but you might just be dealing with so much fucking trauma from your childhood and you might be living in survival mode. You might be suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder or excessive worry or anxiety or all of the above. You might also have ADHD. You might have, you know, uh, you might be slightly on the spectrum. You know, it might be more than just you're being lazy, you know, and it's unfair for anybody in your life to just assess that. Usually it's our parents that tell us this. My dad, when I was an adult, I was 28 years old, had not spoken to my father in 10 years. And he said, I don't know why, because you were very smart, but you were so lazy. When you hit 10th grade, you were so lazy in math and your grades started to slip. And I don't know what happened. I never asked you. And I said, I wasn't lazy, dad. I was dyslexic and I did not understand it. And the teacher would yell at me and say the same thing she had just said when I did not understand 
the sentence she said because she could not explain it to me correctly. And when I got to university and I got tested, they said, oh, well, you're dyslexic. That's why you don't get it. And, and you get worried and nervous on, on tests and you choke because you're scared. You're not going to get it right. And then you panic and you worry and your anxiety comes up because you're dyslexic. So if you have double time on tests, you're going to overcome your uh, learning disability and you'll be able to do better. And they were right. I actually started doing extremely well on tests that I needed, you know, double time on. And I never really needed double time. I needed maybe 30 or 40 extra minutes, not an hour, you know, and if it's a two hour test, I mean, I would have four hours to take the test for my finals and whatever. And it did work, you know, and I did notice that. And when I told my dad that he felt really bad, like he had assessed me as being just fucking lazy. And he also didn't take into consideration. I was being beaten up by his wife, his, his third wife, every single day, she'd beat the shit out of me. I was scared to be home. You know how, you know how people have like a letterman's jacket and they might have one or two medals because of things that they earned while they were in high school. I had 18 medals. I was an overachiever so I could get the fuck away from my stepmom who was beating me up every day for random stupid shit. Like there was a spot on a spoon cause I didn't turn it upside down to dry after I did the dishes. I had to do all of her laundry, all of the dishes, clean up the whole house like every single day, or I would get beaten up and I would say, what do you live in a hotel? You don't live here for free. Well, my brother fucking lived there for free. She, you know, I did everything. I cleaned up after him too. But when I left, they also beat my brother. It was such a shitty, toxic way to grow up, you know, and I'm not telling my story to people who can't relate because most of you guys can relate to this shit on one level or another, because we've all gone through some kind of crazy abuse one way or another. Right. So, um, it was just, you know, growing up in a household like that put me, it puts you in a mindset for the rest of your life, unless you can get out of it. And it's really hard to unravel some of this shit, which is why I'm going over these memes. Cause I want you to really think about it in a way in which you can forgive yourself for what you maybe thought about yourself before. If you thought you were just being lazy, maybe it was something underneath it. You know, things, these things have layers, man. There's onion, they're like onions, you know, sometimes they smell like onions, old onions, (laughs) you know, sometimes our life has layers, our minds, our subconscious minds, there are layers and layers of stuff that we have to peel away, you know, to feel finally like we're okay, you know? So, uh, I do recommend highly, um, getting, uh, Oh, the therapy. Why am I not? Now I'm like going on, I'm blanking on it. Um, I'll think about it in a minute. I'll I'll let you guys know, write me if I don't come up with it. And I will tell you, it's like my mind wants to say behavior modification. Yes, that does work, but that's not what I'm talking about. And behavior modification is quite mean. Um, my son and I did this. It, It took like months in, um, oh, I'll think about it. I have a book over here. I have two books written by uh, Dr. Kelly Bennett, and he 
did this kind of therapy in Cuenca when we were there. And we, man, it was nice. Three times a week we'd go and we got our brainwave optimization therapy. There we go. That's what it's called. I knew it'd come to me. Thank you, Prime Creator. I think you popped that into my head. Uh, yeah, brainwave optimization therapy will help your brain overcome all of the hurt and the trauma. Because when you have trauma, it literally causes brain damage. Okay. So if someone's ever said, what's wrong with you? Are you brain damaged? If you were abused as a kid, you are brain damaged and it's not a laughing matter, you know, but you can fix it. You can fix it with brainwave optimization therapy. Anyway, so I'm going to read this one again in case um, you need to hear it. You are not lazy, unmotivated or stuck after years of living your life in survival mode, you are exhausted. There's a difference. So I thought that one was, um, really, really, uh, telling. So, um, there's another one here. I'm not going to read it because it seems a little, I mean, it's, it's, it's true, but it does seem a little judgy especially if you have this brain damage that I was just talking about, you know? Um, all right. So this one, I'm going to, okay, I'm going to read it and it might be true, but and it might give you some motivation to do some things, but if you don't do that, do these things, don't, don't beat yourself up. Okay. Most of your adult problems can be avoided. If you regularly work out, get a second source of income eat real food, find three real friends, live below your means, do what you love for work and don't have kids with the wrong person. Well, the don't have kids with the wrong person. How do you know until you've had kids with them? Right? I mean, a lot of times we don't know what to look for and we've, we've already been there, done that. Now my ex is a narcissistic dick bag and I've got two kids from him. Right? I mean, that's like a typical thing that does happen to a lot of people. We don't realize cause we're not trained, you know, when we're little kids, what to look for in a narcissistic or sociopathic person. And if you're an empathic, wonderful sweetheart of a love of a person, then you tend to attract assholes. I'm sorry, but that's how it is, you know, because you're an easy mark. You're easy to manipulate if you're such a sweet pushover or a people pleaser, or you're just a love of a person, right? It's happened to me multiple times. Now I see those fuckers coming a mile away. You know what I mean? It's like ants. I mean, I see one ant. I fucking kill that scout. Get the hell away from me. You know, I don't care. Yeah. God's creatures, you know, sure. They all have a place in this world in my fucking house. No, that's not a place for them. (laughs) Sorry. Get out of here. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> I mean, maybe I'm going to hell for killing ants, but no, Prime Creator says you're not. You're not going to hell if you kill ants that invade your home. Because <laughs> it's not their home. And unless they're paying rent, I'm sorry, buddy. Get the hell out. But anyway, um, I think it's true. You know, regularly work out. I'm going to tell you guys the Himalayan Five Rights or the Tibetan Five Rights, R I T E S. You can look it up on YouTube. You can find a video of people doing these exercises for free. It comes from a book by Peter Kelder, K-E-L-D-E-R. The Ancient Secret of the Fountain of 
youth, people who are 70, 80, 90 years old do these exercises and within two to three months, they look like they're 30 years old. They're flexible. They look young. They feel young. A lot of women report after six months, women that are 70, 80 years old, their boobs come back up on their chest. They, they get their girlish figure back and they start their menstruation cycle again. So when, when I read this and says regularly work out, I'm not saying go to the gym for two hours because that could wear out your joints. Do the Himalayan five rights. It takes all of 10 minutes a day and it will cure your sinuses and allergies. It reverses all manner of diseases because it gets your chakras spinning all in alignment with each other. When your chakras are out of alignment, that's when dis-ease happens in the body. So I do agree with the regularly workout, but I will say you don't have to knock yourself out or run a fucking marathon or train like you're going to. You don't have to do all that. What you do need to do is maybe take a couple, you know, five or 10 minute walks every other day, but also doing the Himalayan five rights exercises every day will help you stay young, be young forever. If you're older, it will make you reverse your age and you're going to be amazed even in two weeks time, what this can do for you. I have a friend who had terrible allergies. He started doing this within two weeks, all of his sinus and allergy issues were gone for real. And I did this, man, I was 38 years old and I looked every bit of that 38. In fact, people are guessing my age at like 43. I started doing this. And in two weeks, I started having 19 and 20 year olds hit on me because they thought I was, you know, their age. They, everyone started thinking that I was my own children's big sister. I thought that was amazing. I'm like, wow, these exercises work. I'm 52 right now. And people think I'm in my thirties now because I do these exercises, not, not consistently. I will admit I need to do them more, but definitely that's something second source of income. Yeah, I agree with that. Get something passive. If you can, we're not going to get into it too much. Eat real food. Yeah. Don't stay away from the junk food. Uh, says the lady who had, uh, four gummy bears earlier today, but also earlier today, I did have real food. I made myself a couple burritos with fresh uh, ingredients, onions, tomatoes, peppers, and even turmeric, which doesn't taste really good for burritos, but it does reduce inflammation in the joints. I did have yogurt and I had um, uh, granola that was sweetened with stevia. And that's kind of a typical day for me. You know, Um, that's basically how I eat. Some days I eat, you know, potatoes and, and, eggs versus meat. I don't eat meat every day, but I try to eat it like three, four times a week. Um, because my body does better when I eat meat. Unfortunately, that's just the case, but, um, eat real food for sure. Find three real friends. I agree with that. Um, you don't need 20 friends because they become just acquaintances. You don't have enough time in your life, but find three people that you love dearly and they love you and they accept you and you accept them. If you could find that, you're doing really well. I did have that. Most of my friends have died. Actually, my three real friends have died. And a lot of you are becoming my friends and I appreciate that. So I'm on my road to that again. I'll have to say live below your means. I definitely do. (laughs) I need to make more means, but we're not going to get into that. Do what you love for work. Well, 
I honestly wish I made more money with this podcast because this is what I love. This is the work I love, but alas, I'm going to have to do something else. I'm working on that, but, um, do what you love for work. You know, life is too short. Find the thing that you love. Okay. So there we go. So some of these were good and some of these were like, well, you know, they seem a little blamey. So didn't want to get too into that. I like this one, um, from awoken shit. (laughs) Some of these names are hilarious. Oh, by the way, that was book of leaders that put that, that some of their stuff is harsh, you know, blamey a little bit. They don't take into consideration, um, you know, PTSD or other uh, traumas people are going through. Um, so it's not as gentle as some of the other, uh, people in their posts, but, um, this one is nice. Awoken shit. They have a really cool picture of somebody in a tank. Um, you can't tell really if it's a man or woman necessarily, but this person looks like they're either in a dress or mummy bandages, which is weird, but they're in a, a water tank. It's a really interesting artsy picture. I love it. It says, stop explaining yourself to people who've proven the lack of depth needed to actually understand you. And I think that people that are manipulators, they will pretend they don't understand you. And then they'll call you crazy because they don't feel like understanding you. They don't give a shit because they just literally don't give a shit. They don't care. They don't love you. They don't really want to. And cause to know you is to love you. But if they don't know you and they don't understand you, they could just like pull it off. Like saying, Oh, well, you're just crazy. You know? And they don't really pull it off. They just show who they truly are. But stop explaining yourself to people who prove who have proven they lack the depth needed to actually understand you. So basically stop hanging around shallow ass people. Um, this one also was telling, this was another one of those. You might think people only need to heal from bad relationships. But truth is people are healing from hateful parents, betrayal from friends, sibling feuds, academic problems, sneaky ass business partners, and not everything is about romantic relationships. That's true. This is from, I cannot, I'm not following this person. Apparently <laughs> I just noticed that too. My, or may Owa Ojo. 210 Mayo Wa Ojo Ojo 210. Anyway, yeah, so I'm gonna read that one again. You might think people only need to heal from bad relationships, but truth is, people are healing from hateful parents, betrayal from friends, sibling feuds, academic problems, sneaky business partners. Not everything is about romantic relationships. See, that's true. We have a lot of things that we're healing from. It's not just, I had a bad boyfriend or I had a bad husband or wife or girlfriend or whatever. Sometimes it goes deeper than that. And sometimes it's other kinds of betrayals. If you're an archangel, you were betrayed by Lucifer, who was the brightest, shiniest, most glorious angel back when he was Archangel Samael, for example, that's the first betrayal. And that one cut like a knife because when we were there in heaven, no one had ever betrayed us. We didn't even know it was possible. It was the first betrayal of anyone ever. 
you know, before the humans had any betrayals, like it was the first betrayal, you know, and that was something that rang throughout all of creation. And that caused that schism and that rift. So some of us have deep, deep, deep shit. Like that goes back tens of thousands or millions of years. You know, at least me, you know, your soul might be reeling from shit you had to deal with in a past life. It might not just be from this life. You might've had a wonderful childhood and you're still like, but there's something about, I just don't trust people. And it's weird because I was raised to trust people, but maybe I just don't like my mom had a fear of deep water. She didn't know why, but she never trusted deep water. Well, I found out that she had drowned in a past life. Well, shit, howdy. That's, that's deep. (laughs) No pun intended that, but that's a deep wound, literally a sea deep wound, you know, or deep sea wound. Maybe that's the right way to say it, but yeah. So that one I thought was interesting. Um, let's see, let me see what else. Um, yeah, this one, this one, you know, this one you're going to relate to if you've had a really crappy childhood, this is from soulmate healers. Healing hurts so fucking much. This shit is not fucking essential oils and burning sage. This shit is sobbing uncontrollably in the bathtub because you are focused. I'm sorry. You are forced to face your fears and comfort your very scared and traumatized inner child. Let me reread that. Healing hurts so fucking much. This shit is not fucking essential oils and burning sage. This shit is sobbing uncontrollably in the bathtub because you are forced to face your fears and comfort your very scared and traumatized inner child. So if that's you and you 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 find yourself crying in the middle of the night in a in a fetal position in bed you wake up and your pillow is wet with your tears you know and you feel like so embarrassed or ashamed of that don't you're not the only one for those of us that are warriors and we're on this healing journey and we're trying to better ourselves that's what that's all about that's okay to cry. It's okay to be a man and cry. It does not make you less of a man. In fact, in my opinion, it makes you more of a man because you can admit when you're hurting, you can admit it to yourself and you can face that fear. That is very sexy. In my opinion, people that can face themselves, confront it head on and heal it, healed people, heal people, hurt people, hurt people. So I thought that was, uh, I thought that was good. I thought that was good. Um, let's see. I'm looking to see if there's any, I save these sometimes so I can read them to you, uh, once in a while. So this, this one also struck me. This is from conscious soul tribe on all these are on Instagram, by the way, conscious soul tribe. They put this one out. The people in your age group who did not experience life altering trauma absolutely had an advantage over you. 
Your brain was so focused on survival and they were free to grow and develop. You may feel behind, but it's because you were doing your best to survive. So I'm going to read that again so you could process it on a very deep level. Cause I want you to know that you're okay. I mean, if you look around, I mean, I look around sometimes at my peers and they have like freaking houses and cars and boats and fucking, you know, perfect seats at the, all the ball games they want to go to. And they, and they have the, the, their best life ever, you know, they're living their best life ever. Maybe they're living a secondary career and they're, and they're kicking ass. And I'm sitting here trying to put my, still get my shit together. And I don't understand how they were able to get their shit together so fast. And then I read this the other, like a couple weeks ago. And I thought, man, maybe it wasn't, when, when did they put this out? Yeah. on July 13th. So yeah, it was about a week ago, about a week ago, a week ago, <laughs> but they put this out and I just, I was like, shit, that's totally true. I mean, I was beat up a lot as a kid by my stepmom. you know, like I had some shit going down. My dad had three wives. I mean, not at once. <laughs> in in a row, he was a serial monogamist. He he never cheated. There was nothing like that ever, you know, going on. Um, although my mom, I think, cheated on my dad um, when I was very little, and that's what caused their divorce after 17 years of marriage. But you know, um, they loved each other dearly. And I wonder what's you know, my stepmom and my mom both died, and my dad's. It died too. I wonder, I was thinking about this yesterday. I wonder what's happening in heaven with them. Does my dad now divide his time between, you know, his first wife and his last wife, <laughs> you know, does he just kind of, is he just kind of avoiding them both or is he still with my stepmom or, you know, what is it? That's really weird. I mean, they were both soulmates my, for my dad. You know, I wonder about it. I really do. I wonder about it quite often. Anyway, um, Jesus said there is no marriage in heaven and that's why, my God, can you imagine not only if you have two or three wives in this life and then in every life, and now that's like 30 different people in heaven, you know, husbands or wives in heaven or both, it would be a smattering of both. Cause we're, you know, we're all different in every life and some lives were trans and some lives were bi and some lives were gay. You know, it's like we have husbands and wives up there, you know, it, I can't even imagine trying to stay married to all these people. That'd be insane. That's why there is no marriage in heaven. You could choose one person to hang out with. If you want, I know I'm going to hang out with my twin flame. That's the only one I want to be with, you know, when we're both over there on that side, we're here on this side. Thank God. Knock on wood. Hopefully we'll see each other soon and be together, you know? Um, and I, I really want to have a lovely life. And that's the only really besides having my kick-ass house with the swimming pool, the only thing I really want in this world besides my house and my cat with me for the next 20 years is I want my, my beautiful beloved. That's the only thing I want. Honestly, it would be nice to have grandkids. I hope that happens. I keep seeing visions of it, but you know, um, I just want my guy. I want my, my twin. (laughs) I want him to come into my world. You know, that's it. And that's why we heal ourselves. Honestly, this is why we heal ourselves and we help our, our twins to heal by healing ourselves and they help us to heal by healing themselves. So every time they heal from something that makes us feel a little bit stronger 
and vice versa. So this is why we do this shadow work. So anyway, I'm going to read this one and then we're done for this portion of the show. The people in your age group who did not experience life altering trauma absolutely had an advantage over you. Your brain was focused on survival and they were free to grow and develop. You may feel behind, but it's because you were doing your best to survive. So there we go. I'm going to, and one more, because this one's short, the abundant soul put this one out, um, about a week ago. Unconditional love is not unconditional tolerance. Unconditional love is not unconditional tolerance. Now we do need to love everyone on the planet unconditionally, but we don't need to tolerate their presence in our lives. If they're dicks, if they're assholes, like we don't need to have them in our lives, invite them over for Thanksgiving. You don't need to buy them a Christmas present or a birthday present. You don't need to invite them over to your party but you do need to unconditionally love them on a higher level, a human level. I mean like a human to human level. Like you love them because they're human, not because you enjoy their company necessarily. And some people you love their company. They're amazing. But the people who you don't like, you don't have to stop not liking them. You can continue to hate their personality, but on a human level, you have to love them unconditionally the way God does. And that's only for your growth. It's not for them. It helps them, but that's the way I see it. And now those that's, that's the end of those. Uh, I saved them in my spiritual guidance. <laughs> I had to, uh, mention these because I just feel like these things are important guys. They're, they're so important. We need to heal ourselves from toxic relationships and toxic, um, and that, and again, that could be business partnerships that went south. I know at least one of you had that problem recently in the past couple years. I just, there's a lot of shit we need to heal from, but I want you to know at the core of your being, you are pure love. You are pure joy. You are so wonderful and so amazing. And the right people will be drawn to you, especially when you heal yourself, if you need to. And if you already are healed, go out and heal others, you know, just with your beautiful, loving presence. You don't have to, you know, hang out with other people who are unhealed, but just by being the beautiful light that you are in this world, the brighter you shine, the more that sunshiny energy is going to spill out into the world. And the more people you're going to automatically help with your presence and your energy and your state of mind as a healed person, as a whole person. So there you go. All right, here we go. I wanted to go into spaceweather.com a little early today. So it's a good thing we're doing that. Um, because the Perseid meteor shower is coming and I wanted to announce that in case you like to go out in the field with your friends or your sweetheart or your children, and you want to watch a meteor shower together. For me, it was one of my great joys living in the Northern hemisphere of the planet. Now I live on the equator and I don't really see anything anymore. (laughs) 
But Earth is approaching a stream of debris from the giant comet 109P Swift Tuttle, which is the source of the annual Perseid meteor shower. First contact will occur in the nights ahead, and it will produce the first few Perseids of 2021. The meteor rates will skyrocket in August, and they will end up reaching 100 per hour on the moonless night of August 11th and 12th, when Earth cuts through the heart of the debris stream. There's a sky map on spaceweather.com in the event that you want to go out and watch this sky event. Now, I like this article too. Something flary. <laughs> this way comes. And we're not talking about flair like in Office Space, one of my favorite movies in the world. <laughs> it's one of my favorite all-time movies. <laughs> but yeah, something flary this way comes. That's what it says. The southeastern limb of the sun is seething with activity. Sounds like it's angry. <laughs> I don't think it is. But it says, during the late hours of the 19th of July, Earth-orbiting satellites detected multiple long-duration solar flares as glowing masses of plasma and magnetic arches. And they surged into view in this movie that they took of the sun. They had all these filters, so it looks pretty damned cool. This is... um, taken by NASA's Solar Dynamics Observatory, which is pretty freaking cool. And they recorded the action. The source of the turmoil is one or more sunspots hidden you know, from view behind the limb of the sun, but they're not going to remain hidden for long. I think they're a little nervous about this. The sun's rotation is turning the spots towards Earth. We're going to be able to see these sunspots in the next day or two. And so there's a ton of plasma. You could see it. You can actually see the plasma because they've got um, every, all the filters on and you could see it looks like just, um, it's like an ethereal cloud and it's all these tendrils. It's really, it looks like hair coming off the sun. And I'm sure there's a lot more plasma than we um, can actually see with our eyes. There's a lot more there. It looks like there's a parakeet on the sun and, an, and a cat. This is a cool, this is a cool video, actually. All right, so um, there's a movie. It says that the storm cloud will not hit Earth. That what they just showed, but future CMEs or coronal mass ejections might, as the underlying blast site will rotate in our direction this week. So they are concerned. I mean, if we get one good kill shot from the sun. It's all over, matey. We're never going to have the internet again. I mean, it's possible. It's possible. If you have a um, Faraday cage that might protect your electronics, of course, you won't be able to get the internet inside a Faraday cage. But um, I don't know. There are ways to, to you know, prevent this stuff, but we don't have the infrastructure uh, anywhere on Earth right now to do it. Hopefully we will knock on wood before anything major happens 
Right now, the current solar wind speed is 511.2 kilometers per second. I think we're having a ton of plasma, even though they said it's not affecting us. I believe it. I feel different. I feel weird. Every time I take a nap and I took a nap again this afternoon, which is weird for me. And when I did, I slept for about maybe 30 or 40 minutes. I put on some, um, like popular music and like, you know, rock and roll, right? Just, you think that you can't sleep through that, but apparently when you're very tired, you can. And I woke up and I felt like my bones were buzzing, like vibrating. Um, <laughs> like someone left my skeleton on vibrate inside my body. It's very weird feeling, but, um, these naps I think are attuning and adjusting me and lifting me up in vibration. So if you guys feel like you're buzzing, I want to hear about it. Let me know. Write me at Mermaid Girl 888. I will mention it to the rest of us tomorrow if you tell me today. So I don't know, with the solar wind speed that fast, I feel like something's coming. Something's on its way. We have three... Um, we have three uh, sunspots facing us, and there's one of them is brand new, but it's not really new. It says AR2846 is an old friend, actually. Is it, though? Is it our friend? Is it going to show up to our birthday party? I mean, that's a telltale sign of an actual friend. <laughs> anyway, um... AR2838 was a source of an X-flare earlier in the month, and the sunspot now has been renumbered per tradition after a two-week transit around the far side of the sun. Oh, okay, so it's the same one, but it's a new number. Sunspot number 45. Ooh, I just... Oh, I get... Oh, I feel, like, nauseated. I hate saying that number now. <laughs> oh, yuck. Yuck. <laughs> uh, it's the number of an X-class asshole, which is why. But <laughs> X-class flare. Oof, I hate the number 45 right now. All right, so I probably always will from now on. Anyway, um, let's see. We're in solar cycle 25. And in the past 48 hours, we've had a 0.2% increase in the cosmic radiation coming our way in spite of the 500 kilometers per second that the uh, solar wind is going, it's not coming our way. And so we've gotten more cosmic radiation instead. That's what changes our DNA if we allow it, and it helps us grow spiritually if we allow it. It's a science behind the spirituality, which is what this show is all about. Metaphysical is what that means to me, where science and spirituality meet in the middle. Anyway, the All Sky Fireball Network and the NASA's All Sky Cameras scans the skies above the United States for meteoritic fireballs every day. And today, the network reported 13 fireballs, and here is that magic number again, 13. So 11 were sporadic, one was a Southern Delta Aquarid, and one was an Alpha Capricornid. So I wanted to tell you guys something about the number 13. That reminds me. Let's finish this page and then we'll, in the next one, I'm going to get to that. Um, so there are no significant coronal holes on the Earth's side of the sun. So there we have that. 
So again, we're like not in a solar wind, but the solar wind on the sun, I suppose, is that fast. I feel like something's getting ready to flare up <laughs> and, it will, and it will be flaring up and coming our way. Now, HeartMath Institute and HeartMath.org, they have um, not been able to give us data today. They are temporarily unavailable with their data. So we're going to go over to DisclosureNews.it coming out of Italy. And the Schumann Resonance News today is 59 hertz frequency. Remember, 7.83 is normal. 59 is significant, even though it's significantly smaller as a number than we would get from heart math, but they're not reporting today, unfortunately. So let's get back to that number 13. This morning, (laughs) this morning, I looked out the window at these men who were doing some heavy duty construction on this house, um, kind of kitty corner from me from my backyard over, not my backyard, but where I happen to live right now. And, um, I didn't even let the cat out today. She's kind of mad at me, but oh, well, I just felt like the noises were coming from all different angles. I think it would have freaked her out and she might have run away from the noise because I wanted to for damn sure, (laughs) you know, saws and ee, oh, I hate that sound. Oh, it's so awful. But, uh, I, I was afraid for my cat. So I didn't let her outside. And instead she stood here watching these people. And so I went over there with her to hang out and I look out the window and this man is wearing a soccer shirt, blue and white, which is probably Argentina, either the Argentinian or the Guatemalan team or that baby blue and white colors. I can't believe I know. I know more about soccer than I ever thought I would. Football, they call it here. Uh, Anyway, he had the number 13 on his shirt. (laughs) As you guys know, if you've been listening to the show for the past week or so, that number keeps coming up again and again and again and again. And then I look outside and a man's wearing a number 13 shirt, which made me laugh. I was like, this is freaking hilarious. And how many, how many meteoritic fireballs of the United States today? 13. Here's this freaking number again. So <laughs> I went to a website called the secret of the And this is what they had to say about the number uh, 13. There's a spiritual meaning to all numbers, and this is what this is. Angel number 13. Another way to look at angel number 13, they say, is, um, well, let's see. Actually, let's go to what they said before that. Hold on. The meaning of angel number 13. Uh, Wait a minute. I went, like, way far down. Um, (laughs) I went way far down on this page. Okay. Um... Okay, angel number 13 is made up of numbers one and three, which means it derives its meaning from combining combining the vibrational essence of each of the numbers. One is the number of individuality, achievement, and optimism. It's a number of leadership and taking the initiative. And number three is about your spiritual ability to create. When blended together, the numbers contain information about your power to manifest your desires by using your thoughts to attract specific outcomes. This is why it can be said that angel number 13 
is about our ability to manifest our desires by aligning ourselves with source energy. When you see angel number 13 appear in your experience, it's a reminder from your guardian angels to focus your thoughts on the positive aspects of your life. This is because the power to manifest your desires resides in your ability to remain positively focused. So, um, then they talk about adding it up, making it a four. I'm not going to get into all that. If you want to read the rest of it, the secret of the tarot.com, but I looked it up as the, she who shall not be named <laughs> person's book. And it said, basically stay positive in the ascended masters of light are helping you to stay positive so that you can manifest all of your desired outcomes, uh, easier and faster. So, that might have particular meaning to you. It does for me for sure. And, um, as I've been thinking about what I want constantly and staying positive about it to the best of my ability. And it's nice to have the reminder. So I just wanted to let you guys know (laughs) the meaning of angel number 13. Um, last night I had even more, I think, I think I ended the show at 8:55 PM and I ended it on like 33:22 or something like that. I so many angel numbers of just I feel like everything is lining up and as it goes into alignment, um so do I, so do you, so do we. So I think that's pretty cool. All right guys, I'm going to take a quick break when I come back. We're going to do Tarot Tuesday and we're going to do Tarot Tuesday for the full moon that's going to be later this week. So I'm going to take a quick break. When I come back, Tarot Tuesday, y'all. Stick around. All right, guys. So uh, I've already shuffled the cards and I had... Uh, Prime Creator tell Archangel Gabriel, who is our leading angel um, tonight, who plucks the cards from my hand as I shuffle them, and then I double and triple check whether or not the card I flew out is the correct card for each position. This is a general reading for the collective, which is pretty much anyone listening to this. Even if you hear this in six months or three years from now, it is a timeless reading. So it might be, uh, for you whenever you hear it. So if it resonates, go ahead and take it. If it doesn't apply, let it fly. Um, because again, I'm reading for lots and lots of people. So here we go. Um, The very first card that I drew uh, is very interesting. It is the Hermit card. This is in the position of where we are now as a collective whole. And the Hermit card is, I'm going to read to you what it says, but then I'm going to give you my impressions. And if Prime Creator wants to chime in, that will also come through. So, um, cause I am always a hundred percent connected with prime creator and I'm always hearing, um, his voice at all times. So, all right. Uh, 
it's it says here i'm using the mermaid tarot and so i'm using uh the descriptions written by lisa robertson so um that's the first thing i read so the hermit card teaches us that there is a big difference between being alone and being lonely and we all need alone time so if that's where we are right now and that's in the position this card came in for me that means that um we have been gained a lot of alone time so she continues a time where we can find a space that is inhabited by just us space where nothing and nobody can disturb us a place where the only voice we hear is our own for as the hermit knows only too well until we close the door walk away and shut out the noise we cannot truly discern which part of the story is ours and which part is left best for others to play so I like that that's a good description um, you know especially it's good advice for empaths if you are an empath um, and a light worker you do need to kind of shut out everybody else's blah, everyone else's melee you need to bring to yourself your own center throw off the energy of others clear out your Pepsi bodies as I call them which stands for physical emotional psychological and spiritual individual bodies and also clear out your seven chakras and also clear out your aura and once you can do that and then you strengthen your aura by uh, sometimes uh, you could chant ohm you could take a bath that cleans and clears your aura um, even if you do like a salt bath or uh, one in um, baking soda that also works um, there's something else oh um, sea salt and baking soda works that's what I'm seeing some of you really need to do that it, that will uh, the salt itself will draw out all of um, impurities in your aura from impure thoughts or crap that people have thrown onto you if you've had any fights or anyone said any bullying remarks online and maybe they backed it up with some of their negative energy I mean I've felt that from people sometimes and it's just irritating as shit to me <laughs> I send their energy back to them and it's funny because they might be up for a fight again and again and again until I send their own energy back to them and then I add like I like I put like a bubble around them and they can't get out of that bubble until they've completely absorbed the energy they gave to me and they have to heal it in order to get back out of the bubble and I never hear from them again it's so crazy it's like you send their own energy back to them they don't want to feel what they put out you know because usually when people are bullying they're just showing you their pain is what it is and and it's not fair that they give it to you but they don't know what else to do with the energy so they're just negative dick bags to you and instead of uh, addressing their own pain and working on their own shadow side which is what they really truly need to be doing but when you're um, in the hermit position you really do need to be alone you need alone time but what I'm seeing here when I first drew this card and this is what struck me and I had a conversation actually with prime creator about it I said you know it seems to me that even though a lot of people have gotten vaccinated and feel like they can go back out in public 
and we don't need to wear a mask if we're vaccinated anymore. Um, where I live, uh, people sometimes wear a mask. For the most part, they do. They, they feel more safe and comfortable. I know for me, I've kind of started to look at it as um, a jacket for my face, which is hilarious. But also when it's cold out, <laughs> you know, it's, it's an acceptable thing I can do to keep my nose warm. <laughs> it's kind of weird, but it's just, you know, you can't wear a ski mask in public, you know, but you can wear a face mask. It's kind of weird. And it's something that I've been thinking about every time I wear it. I, I laugh because I feel like, wow, it's kind of cold out, you know, walking out around, um, you know, near the ocean here. It's very cold, you know, that breeze coming up off the ocean sometimes. And uh, when it picks up and the wind picks up, I just put on my face mask and that's perfectly acceptable in today's society. And to me, I kind of laugh about it because I, it's just like, hey, you know what? <laughs> it's warming my face. Also, I could talk to Prime Creator. Nobody knows what I'm doing because my face is covered. So if I talk to Prime Creator and I'm using my my muscle testing um, with my fingers, I put my, my hand in my pocket and no one can see what I'm doing, although it probably looks like I'm just fidgety or something. But I could just kind of turn my face away and I could just talk into my mask because I'm asking Prime Creator, hey, what do you think about the situation? What do you think about this person? Or I'll ask random questions um, because sometimes I'll hear my twin flame and I have to ask, is that my twin flame? Is it him telepathing to me? Or is it me, you know, hoping he's telepathing to me? You know, because I always have to make sure. I want to discern constantly with the discernment I am. So um, I said that like Yoda. Hmm, constant with the discernment I am. <laughs> anyway, that's uh, so funny. Anyway, uh, so that's, but I've been thinking that a lot of us are, all we want to do is to be alone because we were used to it for like 700 days or something. Was it 700? It just felt like it. It wasn't that much. Was it 700? Were we alone two, two years now? Why am I thinking 700? It just feels like it's been like 760 days. I know that's wrong. That's totally not right. But anyway, for a year, year and a half, it's been like 18 months though, right? So what's that? 18 times 30. Not doing math right now. That's not, <laughs> this is not a math show. <laughs> but uh, I've been thinking about it and I've been really um, feeling like even though it's totally okay to be in society, with or without a mask where I live, because thank you, God, knock on wood, no one has ever uh, gotten COVID in this tiny little beach community. We are one hour away from the city where, uh, or maybe two hours away from the city where 5,000 people died and they were like littering the streets and they couldn't get rid of the bodies and no one knew what the hell to do. That was pretty fucking scary. You know, because then cholera is the second thing that comes up in that kind of a situation. So I'm only a couple hours from where that happened. But where I am li living here, thank you, God, is <laughs> my mom would have said, thank you, Jesus. Um, <laughs> which is like Jesus has literally nothing to do with it. But um, no, I'm grateful to God, though, to be honest, that I was able to move to the one community. It's like a bubble where nobody has gotten sick. No one's been sick. No one's going to get sick. We're all just totally good but everyone is still being very safe. So, but, but even still with all that, people are still like prone to be the hermit. We kind of all got used to being alone. You know, it doesn't mean that we're lonely, but a lot of us are lonely. 
but what what does a hermit do well we sit around and spiritually grow that's what we do and then we hold up our light and why do we hold up our light it's so that other people can see they could see how far we've gotten up that spiritual mountain and now they know the path because we're holding up our light so that they can see and we're shining it bright so they could come and join us so that's what this is all about on a spiritual level so what crosses us what is the big big energy that crosses us and then the card that came up here was the knight of cups so i thought that was kind of interesting because um cups is a uh, symbol for love that you know matters of the heart uh, from romance to just love in general, any level of love you want to look at from brotherly love to love of humanity, which is impersonal. The love of God for us is impersonal. It's personal and impersonal. It's both. Um, but you know, soul to soul, like love, relationship, love, um, romantic love, sexual love, um, all the different kinds of love. So, um, that's what cups stands for is just love matters of the heart, emotion, pure, raw, natural emotion so um the knight of cups is what we got so the knight could stand for you um it could also be a symbol for uh somebody that is crossing you right now now what would disturb your peace as a hermit i mean for me in my situation if i was going to interpret this on a personal level i would say yeah the one thing that disturbs my peace is that i am currently not with my twin flame so if you're in the same situation as me, you might interpret it as that. But there are other ways in which to interpret this card. So let's go over a couple of them. All right, so if we go to what uh, the card um, says itself in this deck, in the book, it says, the Knight of Cups is a hopeless romantic. So... If you're trying to be all spiritual and you're like meditating in that cave and shit, what would cross you? <laughs> Sexual thoughts, romantic thoughts. Um, you know, you might be at the beach meditating and you'd rather be walking, you know, on the beach with your sweetheart, right? Whether, you know, man, woman, you know, I'm not trying to be cisgendered about this, by the way. Um, just for anybody, you know, you just want your other counterpart to be with you, right? So hopeless romantic, that's the first thing that comes up. Moments of solitude and internal reflection are not done as often as you would think when it comes to spiritual expansion. Well, that's interesting that these two cards are put together, um, <laughs> thrust together, one might want to say. Uh, but the Knight of Cups definitely loves to indulge in his own fantasy world. And this is one he's constructed to fit his version of the world that he wishes to live in. And it says here, uh, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Truthfully, however, it's very hard to focus on the here and now when the mind is attached to a moment that doesn't exist. Fantasy has its place, but illusions and delusion are dangerous and can cause more harm than good. So that's the description that she puts uh, for uh the knight of cups now the king of cups he's in charge of himself of his uh love life he's like everything is cool but right now we're just kind of we're at that level of being a knight 
you know, we want to be the knight in shining armor, you know, whether man or woman doesn't matter. You know, you still have that energy of uh, maybe you want to be a rescuer. Maybe you want to be rescued. Maybe you're having some kind of fantasy about that or just some kind of romantic uh, fantasy that you want. Uh, it could be love related or just your life related as it says. So sure. You're just staring into this cup longingly. Like this is how I want my life to be. And it's not like that. That causes anxiety. And what does that do? But rob you of your own personal peace. And how can you be the hermit and stand in your own power as an empowered divine being? If you are not able to, um, if you're not able to, uh, focus on the here and now, you know, you're focusing on something that you wish, you know, and I've always said, if wishes were fishes, no one in the world would go hungry, right? <laughs> Unless you don't like to eat fish. That's a whole nother, whole nother thing. Or if wishes were horses, no one would need a car. <laughs> so, all right. So there's that. Now, what is below? What is our foundation upon which all of this lies? Okay. So what is in our subconscious mind? And we have the king of pentacles. That's our solid foundation. So even if you're not solid financially, you are uh, feeling solid financially. You feel like you're on a solid foundation and you can get there. You know how to go. You know where you're going to go, how you're going to get there. Many of you actually that I talk to that listen to the show, you know, the regulars I call you guys, um, you have actually um, contacted me with all kinds of investments you've done that are paying off and uh, business plans and ideas and everyone's kind of seemingly very excited about this kind of a, a life, you know, like we're all very excited about, um, we all kind of feel solid. I know I do. It's weird. Cause I don't have a job and I <laughs> live in a $200 apartment that I really need to leave from. I need to move out of, but at the same time, I just feel like I'm kind of not worried because it's coming. Do you guys all feel it? Like there's a solid foundation there. The solid foundation I stand on is my connection to prime creator. And that's what I feel. That's my, my gut instinct. So, okay, we're going to uh, pause this for a minute and I'm going to look up what it says in the mermaid tarot handbook. So hold on. So here's the description for what we are standing on. What is below us or our foundation of our current situation. And this is what it says there is an unwavering confidence in the King of Pentacles for he knows he will always have what he needs. He's confident that whatever he requires will show up at the right time and in the right way, exactly when it is needed. He has worked hard to get where he is today and is more than willing to show you some of his tricks. Just know that the King of Pentacles is the master of the long game. He's not interested in overnight success or your need for instant gratification. He wants you to build an ever growing sustainable life, not just a moment that will be quickly forgotten. So I feel like with the Bitcoin, with the alternative 
investments that many of you have um, talked to me about. I feel like everyone is kind of getting in that game a little bit. Um, if you want to hear more about it, I haven't looked at our videos on this, but Kaisi, um, the Christian witch, um, Valerie Love, she has uh, a series. She's just done like, gosh, nine or ten videos on YouTube about this, the truth about Bitcoin, how to get into it and invest. But she's not the only one. She is a financial advisor as well um, as being a Christian witch. And she talks about a, a wide variety of cool and interesting topics. And she just has a lovely personality. So if you're interested and you don't know anything about it, I don't really know a lot about it either. I've gotten into it a little bit. I'm still waiting um, to see if the thing that I put money into is real or not. <laughs> if it's if it's real, I will let you guys know about it. If it's not, back to the old drawing board, right? But I still feel like my solid foundation on which I stand is the knowledge that from day to day, my life is sustained by the source of all things. So because of that, I know I'm going to be fine. As long as he wishes for me to live in this world, I'm going to be fine. You know, because if I starve to death and I just go back to God, so what? I mean, most of my people are there now anyway, you know, I'm going to go back and see everybody that I love. So I'm not afraid of death. I am death. I am death incarnate right now. I'm Archangel Azrael, the Archangel of death itself. I'm the first and original Archangel created to bring people back to the other side. So I know what that's all about. I'm not afraid of that. So what is my solid foundation? The King of Pentacles. I feel like my foundation and I feel like many of us, if not all of us, all of you guys, you feel that your foundation, your financial foundation is solid. It's gold because you're standing on the alchemy, you know, the, the, the gold that is your soul. It is your divine birthright and your inheritance. Uh, for you to have everything that you need in your world, in your life. And that's the way it is. So, okay. So those are the first three cards. And, uh, so what is, what is the thing that we've left behind? This card was interesting too. I thought, wow, th this is a very telling reading. Actually, this is a very good reading. So the thing that we have left behind, the thing that, <laughs> is very important that we left behind that we no longer have to worry about because we've let it go is the judgment card. Oh my gosh, this is incredible. So this is already the second major arc arcana that we have had, uh, come out in this reading already. That's incredible in and of itself. Um, you know, usually, I mean, cause there's only like 20, two major arcana and there's 72 cards. There's 50 cards that are not. So when you have a lot of major arcana reading, that's pretty interesting. It's uh, pretty telling to me. Let me see. I think we have how many more we have, um, one, two, um, we have two more actually. So we have four out of, so 40% of our reading. Yeah. And that's like really telling. That means we're, we're doing really well. All right. So, okay, here we go. Um, so the judgment card is card 20 and this is in the original tarot. Um, it's a picture of 
the man crossing his hands over his chest and giving up his need for personal power. So when I say man, we'll say divine masculine. You could be in a feminine, uh, in a female body and have that divine masculine energy. We're not going to do this heteronormatively or cisgenderedly. Okay. So when I say he, I mean, you know, the energy of the divine masculine. Okay. So, um, or divine feminine. So in this case, uh, so in the original, um, judgment, the archangel Gabriel is blowing his trumpet because it is a final call. It is, um, Armageddon and the apocalypse. Okay. And we are literally at that point right now. We really are. Um, what does it mean though? Armageddon means the end of the old world and the beginning of the new. We are getting ready to jump into the fifth dimension. That's just the way it is. And, um, you know, not everyone believes it or knows about it, but that's the way it is. Now, what is the apocalypse? That's a lifting of the veil. Archangel Gabriel is blowing that trumpet and that sound vibration is reverberating throughout all of creation. And when that happens, the divine masculine crosses his chest and he looks to the divine feminine who has a greater connection to the one will, the source of all things. And she looks not to him, but instead to God directly. And that is how the divine masculine and divine feminine energies are combining. Now this could be inside of you or inside of me. It doesn't mean to mean, mean necessarily to be two different people. Okay. And then also at the same time, there is a child that is the creation of the masculine and the feminine combined. Meaning we have all gathered up the male and the female within us. We have accepted the divine nature of who we are, and we've combined it into the form of a child that stands upright with his arms upraised, staring at the one true source of all things in his, her childlike form. Because what did, what did Jesus say? Let the little children come to me, right? See, all of the things in the Bible are a clue. Uh, you know, you know, and by the way, I'm not religious, not even a little bit. My religion is actually Islam. So when I talk about this, I mean, from a very deep metaphysical perspective, there's so many clues on a metaphysical level in these stories, a collection of stories, even in the ones that are left out of the so-called Bible. Right. But, um, he said, uh, let the little children come to me. And I think he said the meek will inherit the earth, but also that children are meek and the children will inherit the earth type of thing. There's kind of the energy of if you have the nature of a child, a childlike quality. Now I'm not saying childish, but childlike quality where you filled with wonder and amazement and you still have that connection to the natural world and God and nature, mother nature, Gaia. And you have all of that connection within you and you're just giving your, uh, all to the one will you've dropped all judgment of yourself. You've dropped all judgment of others. Only God can judge me, right? You know, says that in the Bible, Tupac Shakur says it. A lot of people have said it. It's the truth, you know? So, so those of us who are um, enlightened and awakened, um, and we're in the process of becoming spiritually awake completely. We have dropped all of our judgment and that's what has led us to being the hermit to kind of dealing with our fantasies still about what is the fifth dimension? Where are we at? What about our love romantic relationship? Blah, blah, blah. But we know we're on solid foundation of God 
creating the gold for us. Because who created the gold in the first place? <laughs> but the source of all things. And we've left our judgment, we've left it behind. So let's uh, look now to see what her explanation of this card is. Okay, keeping in mind that this is what we've left behind, this is her um, explanation for this card. How do you work with the energy of judgment? Are you free and easy with how you dish it out, in turn allowing others to do the same when it comes to judging you? Or are you forgiving, compassionate, and understanding? Exactly how you'd want others to be if you found yourself on the other side of a judgment-filled glare. <laughs> judgment is a mindset more than anything, and it's a standard with which we have set for how we decide what actions are good, what actions are bad. In turn, judgment leads us to decide how actions should be or should not be uh, punished. Everything seems fine until you fall prey to your own rules. Think carefully about how you deal with judgment today. Maybe in this instance, you could be the shaman and help release someone else from the burden of guilt and shame. All right, so that was her explanation of the actual card itself. But in this position, in the what have we left behind card i'm thinking that's what we've gotten rid of our shame our guilt we did our shadow work and we're like we're golden we're standing in the golden light of the one true source so standing in that light where what is what does our higher selves have to say what is above us you guys this card could not be a better card it is the fool card <laughs> And what is the fool, but someone who sets about going to a different realm as a fool, lighthearted wisdom to the foolish is foolishness, but the path of the fool is not foolish. It is wisdom. It's wisdom incarnate. We are on a spiritual journey and we know we're on a spiritual journey and our higher selves our collective higher selves or individual higher selves or God himself is saying we are the fool zero zero card that means the no nothing the nothing break that word down to no thing that means we are connected we are so connected to the one will the primal will to good which eternally creates and sustains this universe that's an incredible, incredible place to be. Okay, so we're going to go, um, let's see. I'm going to see what she says for this card. Um, it seems like she knows, these, knows the cards really well, but maybe she didn't study them the way I did. I studied them so deeply um, in mystery schools. So it's kind of, for me, a little bit more intense. <laughs> So that's what you guys get when you get, uh, you know, a reading from me. It's a lot more mystical, metaphysical stuff. So, okay, she says, <laughs> what is the fool? Now, the card itself is a mermaid coming out of the ocean and gaining her legs, her land legs. And uh, um, she has her little pouch on her little stick and she's walking into literally a new world. And so this is what it says. Hold on to your fishtail, a new adventure is on its way. It's time to explore new things, new places, new people. Set a course for somewhere you have never been 
or start learning a new skill you know nothing about. Right now is the time to be adventurous, take a chance, and know you will have all that you require for beginning a journey into the unknown. So, okay, that's kind of what I said, but I like the way she puts it. It's really cute. Hold on to your fishtail. <laughs> oh, it's so cute. So, yeah, that's basically what it is. We're entering a new phase. We're entering a new time, a new realm, the fifth dimension. Remember Armageddon, right? So <laughs> we're lifting the veil. That's the apocalypse. That's what all that means. That's the only thing that means. So lifting the veil. All right. Well, that's easy. God, I thought that meant we're all going to die in a fiery wreck. No, it just means lifting the veil. So we know what's going on versus wearing blinders to everything. So, all right, now we know where that's, where that is. So now where are we headed? This is what is in front of us. What is ahead of us? What's coming in the next two to three weeks? What's coming, but a decision. We've got the night of swords. And it's interesting because this card looks like it could actually be the ace of swords is very interesting. So I'm going to pause this and see what she has to say. I've got a, there's 290 pages. I've got to wade through in this uh, PDF file. <laughs> so, uh, let me pause this and we'll get to what she says about the Knight of swords. Okay. So this remember is in the next two to three weeks. This is what she has to say. If the Knight of swords has shown up in your reading, you are being asked to commit to an idea. This is not just any idea, but one that will move you closer to your purpose or life's dream. You must be willing to give this idea your full and clear mind and be willing to work with it each and every day as only this level of commitment will earn you the results you require. So usually it's a decision, but this time it's committing to an idea instead of making a decision, which is usually a, an, an ace of swords or two of swords. Two of swords usually is the decision one. So I misstepped when I said that. So what is the idea that as a collective we have to commit to? Probably birthing the new world is a big one, right? It's our life's dream. <laughs> It's our soul's dream anyway, but on an individual level, I mean, it's our soul's dream to go to the fifth dimension. Sorry, I didn't finish that thought, Ugh, ADHD, but, uh, our life stream, our purpose, I feel like we're all going to be very, very close to manifesting whatever it is in our lives. And we're only, um, just having to commit to the idea of committing to ourselves to really be there, be our own accountability partner. We have to do our own, um, you know, our own due diligence about ourselves. Like, did I get up on time today? And if I didn't, that's okay. But did I get up and work when I needed to? Did I work on my own dream today? Did I commit to myself today? How was I my own best friend today? Remember, we're living the life of the hermit. 
So we've got to do this, a lot of this on our own, but we got to make the decision for the commitment to ourselves. And that's okay. It's hard, but it's doable, right? So that's it. Um, I think that's in the next two to three weeks where we're going to all get quite serious about what, what it is that we are doing. We're standing on, on a foundation of riches beyond measure given to us by our soul, our divine birthright, our source of all things. But at the same time, how do we get that and manifest it into the perfect world we wish to create? I believe that in the next two to three weeks, the answers will become clear. Clarity will ring true throughout our psyche, our mind, our ears. I see it just rushing through us like a cold wind. And we're going to feel that the ringing of the sword, like clear as day. And when that happens, there's going to be no stopping us. We're going to be able to manifest anything we want. So that's in the next two, two, three weeks. So now the next card is in the position. And by the way, this is a Celtic cross spread for those of you who were interested in knowing that. And also, uh, who did not know what I'm doing, what I usually do. This is the spread I always do. If you're new to the show, you're learning about that now. But now the next card, again, with the major arcana, which is good. It's always a good thing. So the next card um, is how do we see or view or think of ourselves? And I'm happy to announce this is card number seven, the chariot another major arcana. Now, what is a chariot? This is the vehicle that gets us there. This is the vehicle that brings us to where we need to be spiritually and in all areas of our life. You know, it's, it's one thing to hem and haw and think about it, but this we're already in the fucking car. We're already on the fucking road. We are already on that road trip, baby. We are headed in the the right direction. That's what we're viewing. This is how we're seeing ourselves. I know who I am. I know where I'm going. I know I'm on the fool's journey, which is not foolish at all, but rather a wise journey. I know that I am the hermit standing on the top of the mountain, holding the light for all the world to see. I'm standing on a foundation of riches, that were, that is given to me by my divine birthright. This is my inheritance. This is what God wishes for me to have because God created me. God created you. And now I know that sometimes I might stand in my own, you know, delusions, romantic or otherwise, but at the same time, I know that I'm shining my light as bright as I can. And I'm already in that car. I've left behind all of my judgments. And now that I'm committing to myself in the next two to three weeks, I know I'm going to get there because I'm already in the car. <laughs> that This is like an incredible reading, guys. I hope you're understanding the gravity of how incredible this, this reading is. This is one of the best readings um, so far that we've had. Now, I've been doing this. This is like season four in the show. <clears throat> I've been doing this for a while. So, all right, we're going to see what she has to say about this card, and then we're going to move on to the next one. Okay, so if any of you are watching the TV show Atypical, um, I'm not giving anything away when I tell you that the main character who is um, 
he's on the spectrum of autism and he wants to increase the activity in his hippocampus. And I just watched this episode a couple days ago. Okay. And it's hilarious to me because this, the chariot is a picture of a horse with a mermaid tail, otherwise known as a water horse, a seahorse, or as the Greeks call it, a hippocampus. It's part of our brain. Also the hippocampus is, um, the part of our brain that gets stimulated by a stimulating environment through socializing and hanging out with others. And, um, anyway, it's just, you know, in, in doing like word puzzles and, you know, having a lot of different activities and it stimulates our brain. Well, anyway, <laughs> this is how we view ourselves, the chariot, but it's the hippocampus. And so it says there are stories and tales from various cultures about the horse that lives under the water, be it a water horse, a seahorse, or as the Greeks call it, a hippocampus. The stories all speak of a fast, powerful creature for the merfolk. The horses under the waterline are very real and part of their daily lives. They carry cargo and building materials and ferry merfolk from place to place. This is like hilarious, right? I love this. This is so cute. It's such a cute uh, deck. <laughs> um, the horses are also trained to rescue those lost at sea to deliver messages to those under the water and upon the land. Only those of the special ancestral bond can hear the water horses and only those who have the horses in their blood can train them. For everyone else, the horses under the water are strong, stubborn, and highly unpredictable. <laughs> it, it's like not really anything to do with what this card technically or usually means, but I, I wanted to read that because I thought that was so, so weird and also cute. So there you have it. Um, all right, here we go. Um, now what does this mean according to her, uh, what she says, buckle up. <laughs> Things are about to get interesting. The hippocampus is being prepared for a journey. It's gear is being lovingly secured and strapped into place. It's all but ready to take you where you need to be. So if you think about it as an actual, not a water horse, but as an actual part of your brain, your brain is your hippocampus. This is your, your ticket to freedom is your brain. Okay. And so <laughs> the journey will be likely interesting as they rarely take you where you want to go <laughs> only to the places you need to go. You might find the method liberating or frustrating depending on how deeply you are attached to your destination. Either way you are in for the for a ride you won't quickly forget. So what I think, so what we think about ourselves in this situation, piecing all that together, um, we are stimulating our own minds and we are there. We are in that chariot. We're going what's getting us there. It's our brains. We are figuring shit out basically. So now how do the people that are unawakened or unenlightened, the people that are not spiritual at all, how do they view us? What are they thinking about all this craziness? What, what they see when they, what do they think about when they see us? Okay. So in that position, in that card, what do other people see when they see us that 
don't look at us from a spiritual perspective. We have the four of pentacles. So I think that they're seen as in a very materialistic view and they're not really aware of the spiritual realm. Like four to me, it's like there's something missing, which would be the spirit, you know, like think of a five pointed star with the top point cut off. That's how the non-spiritual people are, you know, they're looking at us from, you know, like the physical realm and the emotional mental realm, but they're not really, uh, you know, thinking like in the Pepsi bodies, they're freaking the S. So they're just looking at us with the pep, <laughs> you know, like they're not really looking at us with a complete view. Okay. So, um, let's see trying to find, uh, but the four of pentacles. So I think they're just looking at us from a very materialistic view and they're maybe seeing that they're not seeing the whole picture and maybe they're a little disappointed in how we're running our lives. Maybe it's just the way, it's just the way I'm looking at this a bit. This is a really beautiful card though. Wow. Okay. Um, so this is how other people view us. This is what she has to say. The four of pentacles has a lot to teach you about getting back in touch with the moment. You may have placed yourself in a state of paralysis or disengagement, but this is not exactly what you need right now. Instead, allow yourself to reconnect to the ordinary everyday experience of life. When you are connected and grounded in the moment, it's easier to let go and find a new interest in something that was not there before. So I think that other people are seeing us in a way in which we're not engaging with the world the same way. We're not, uh, you know, grounded. Maybe we're not, uh, connected to, and, and in a very real way, this is true because we are the hermit. The hermit's not connected to other people. The hermit's up on the mountain doing his own thing. He's not worried about what the people milling about like ants at the bottom of the mountain are doing, <laughs> you know, he's a way shower. You know, we are the way shower. We are the fool on a fool's journey and wisdom to the foolish is foolishness. So we're on a wise journey. We are on a shamanic a spiritual, amazing journey. But the people who are not spiritual, they're looking at us like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, <laughs> you're like, well, it is the Armageddon and the apocalypse and I'm here, you know, reading my tarot and holding my crystals and what the fuck are you doing? You're not even in the material world. Oh my God, get a job. You know what I mean? That's what I think that they just don't know what the hell, like they can't relate to us anymore <laughs> because they can't relate to us anymore. How can they? they? They don't get it because they're not spiritually inclined right now. Now it doesn't mean they're not always going to be this way, but when they have their own spiritual awakening, they're going to go, Oh, Oh, okay. All right. You know, I think that the non-spiritual people are looking at us like, why aren't you doing more for money? Why aren't you getting a job? Why aren't you looking for love? Why aren't you trying to find a, a wife or a husband? Or why aren't you trying to have kids or whatever it is? You know what I mean? Like the, the basic mundane day-to-day -day shit. They're wondering why are we focused on the spiritual stuff? Cause they don't get it. They don't know. They don't know what they don't know and, and we can't explain it to them because it makes no damn sense to them. We're not grounded to them, even though we are, <laughs> but they don't know it. 
we're so grounded we're on top of the mountain you don't get more grounded than that we've climbed up the whole mountain they're still milling about like ants at the bottom going what what's that little light up there i don't know it's a ufo <laughs> what is that i don't know what does that mean i have no idea you know they don't know they don't know what they don't know all right so the next card stands for um basically our hopes and our fears for the future and also what's going to happen in the next three months so in october right before halloween basically so timing wise that's when um this is taking place um okay so this is the seven of cups now when i look at this card it's a mermaid she's in in um an underwater cave with many layers to it and there's seven cups filled with all these individual uh plants and they're all beautifully colored and i see this and i think well seven what does that relate to obviously the seven chakras in our body obviously i mean to me that's what it obviously is so um because <laughs> i you know i relate everything to everything else everything is holistic in my opinion so our cups are filled our chakras are lit up and they're filled with all of the treasures we've put there meaning we've cleared out all of our chakras and we have received all the gifts of life that life has to offer us because we stand on a solid foundation right now and we are being way showers and we're on a fool's journey which is a good journey it's a journey of the wise and so in three months we're looking at having everything spinning correctly <laughs> all the chakras are spinning correctly and we are going to be filled by that now by the way I've been telling a few people about it I'm gonna mention it again here because I want you guys to understand how important this is if you exercise at all the best thing you can do is a Himalayan or the Tibetan five rites R I T E S look it up on YouTube it'll take you five to ten minutes to figure these exercises out it's to keep your your uh, spine uh, flexible and but what it does on a chakra level is it will spin all seven chakras in alignment with all the other chakras so if they're all spilling spilling spinning at the exact same rate what happens is that all diseases leave the body I mentioned it in the introduction I'm mentioning it now because here we have a seven of cups we have a seven card so I see this and I think yeah I better mention it again I better mention it again the seven of cups uh, doesn't mean that but it's related to that because seven is seven right so uh, upright card meaning for this I, I say that reversals don't count by the way and none of these were reversed anyway but distractions are part of everyday life this is what uh, Lisa uh, Robertson writes uh, is that her name Robertson yeah that's right okay <laughs> distractions are a part of everyday life it's easy to allow them to take control and dictate the terms of your day it takes strength and commitment however to turn away from them and keep your emotions and mind clear and focused allowing yourself to fill your days with what seems like busyness 
doesn't mean you're actually achieving anything except maybe cluttering up your mental, emotional, vibrational space. So for now, leave away, leave the shiny objects where you found them and leave the space for something you really wish to experience. I don't know. Is that really what it means? <laughs> you know, it doesn't seem like in the next three months you're going to be distracted by shiny objects. Well, if you're a mermaid, you might be, that might be true. What does it mean if it's, if it is reversed? <laughs> It says, congratulations, one of your shiny objects led you to something exciting and engaging. That's the reversal meaning of this. And it says, the real lesson here is that if you took action and you didn't simply move on to the next shiny thing that crossed your path, instead you saw something through from the beginning to end. So I think that might be more accurate for this particular position. So in three months, if you didn't get distracted by shit, and you really went forward and you made that commitment to yourself. Remember the Knight of Swords commitment. If you made that commitment to yourself and you really went forward in three months, you're going to reap everything. You're going to reap what you sowed, you know? So you got three months. So by October, I mean, you want to make enough money by October because you know, Halloween. And then we got, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas coming up. You know, those of you that celebrate, you know, that Kwanzaa, you know, um, the high holidays, um, if you're Jewish, all of those holidays are coming up. So you're going to want in three months to have that money. <laughs> so make that commitment in the next two to three weeks to be there for yourself and show up for yourself. Make yourself a poster, a raw, raw poster and put it on the wall because you're going to want to actually be your own best cheerleader right now. Set alarms you know, daily did, what did I do? Make it a different ringtone every day so that you're not bored with it. So you don't just dismiss it. Make that commitment to yourself because you're, it's going to pay off. It's going to be great. So in the next six months, what is it for the whole collective? So I don't know with the seven of cups, I think stay to true to your spiritual path, but also the material objects. You, you're going to have to focus on getting those uh, bags, make a bag a week as a uh, Saweetie says, an icy girl. I love that song. Played it for the cat today. <laughs> I played for the cat. This is a knowledge, uh, Raven spell familiar report real quick before we get to this last card. Um, <laughs> I, uh, asked, Oh, I played for her. I played, uh, violent femmes added up and then blister in the sun. And she was like, Oh my God, I have to dance. She got up. She asked me if I could pick her up and we were dancing. And then I sang her, um, please don't go, uh, which is why I tell her every day. Don't go, please don't go. I don't want you to leave the yard. Don't get in trouble. Don't go. You know, today I wouldn't let her go, but, um, but she loved that song and she purred and cooed as I danced around with her. She loved that. And then, um, and then right after I put, I made the dire mistake of putting on the sex pistols. It's not an energy she likes. She does. She only likes uh, violent femmes as far as punk rock is concerned. And she likes Billy Joe. She likes Green Day. Okay. But she was having none of the sex pistols. She had to run to the other room when she heard Sid Vicious's voice. So sorry about that. Sid Vicious peace to you and your beautiful wife, Nancy, God rest your souls. But, uh, 
Yeah, my cat doesn't like your music. <laughs> I had to appease her with Notorious B.I.G. followed by a couple of Saweetie songs and get her back into that. Played Will Smith, Paulo Londra. She was sleeping like a baby by the time we got to the Spanish rap and hip-hop. And she's sleeping now, so she's good. <laughs> I told her, you're still a kitten until August 13th officially when you turn one years old, even though all the books and veterinarians say they're full grown at nine months. I don't believe it. She still acts like a kitten in a lot of ways. But anyway, that's a familiar report, which I forgot to say in the beginning. So anyway, let's get to it. What is our final card, guys? (laughs) Okay, well, I'm going to tell you. In the next six months, the final outcome for this whole reading, it culminates in the card, the Ten of Cups. Ten of Cups. Now, this is a little bit related um, to the other cups card, which was the Knight of Cups, which kind of like we're in our fantasy world a little bit, okay? But there's, and then also the Seven of Cups, which we just talked about in three months, which I think we're going to get the bag. You know, I think it's, it's very real possibility. We're going to be okay in three months if we commit to what we need to commit to. We're already committed to the spiritual journey, so let's take it one step further into the material world and manifest everything that we need. And if we do that, we're gonna have the Ten of Cups. And and what is Ten related to, but in the Major Arcana, it's related to the Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> and when I said that, I looked and it was 54 minutes and 44 seconds, so 444. The angels, thousands of angels are surrounding you right now. That's what 444 means. So the Ten of Cups, we're going to go and look that up right now and see what she has to say about it. Hopefully it's good because I think it's good. I always think of, you know, Wheel of Fortune, it's very positive. It's a very, very positive card. So the Ten of Cups, according to Lisa Robertson, um, what does she have to say here? Um, Let me look this up. She says, the Ten of Cups speaks to the need to ground emotional energy back into the world of the everyday boring process called life, settling your weary emotions into the habitual patterns of domesticity. It's the basic grind of life that we truly, where we truly find our flow. In the mundane, we get this lost, I mean, it is in the mundane that we get lost, sorry about that. Leave our stress and drama behind. It's the energy that beckons you to calm, relax, and allow yourself to get again, once again, swept up into everyday tasks that comprise a life with purpose and meaning. Okay, well, eh, I don't know. I think it relates to the Wheel of Fortune, and I do believe it relates to cups. They're all upright in the picture, and the 10 10 to me, it means it could go either way, but love might be on the horizon for some of us. Thank you, God, knock on wood. Okay, so in 10, 10, cu- 10 cups, 10 cups of love, I can handle that, can you? But if that means that everything that we do and we get that bag and we do what we're going to do and we're going to move forward in the direction of our dreams, we've already got a big handle on the spiritual stuff. We've already done this shadow work. We've already gotten rid of bullying each other and ourselves. We're done with all that shit. All the judgment's gone. So now we're focused on going. 
and grinding into the material world, grounding in the material world, our spiritual manifestation tools. And I think in, in six months, we're going to have a very good handle on that. That will be January where we're going to be raring, rip roaring, raring to go in just all out (laughs) full throttle in our chariots towards uh, everything that we want. Got to make that commitment. We got to do it. Stay grounded, but keep that nose to the grindstone, right? But know that everything materially comes from God himself or source, creator, great spirit, whatever you want to call, you know, Yah, Jah, La, 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 <laughs> Yahweh, Allah, whatever you want to say in place, you know, Goddess, the Divine Mother, the source of all things. Use that knowledge and power and connection to that to get where you want to go. Because in six months, we're going to be golden. We're going to have everything we need, including and especially our emotional stuff in check, in place, and love flowing like water through those 10 cups. Friendships, social, um, everything. Everything's going to be fine. That's the way I see it, folks. I hope you've enjoyed this reading for the full moon, which is coming up on Friday, but it's Tarot Tuesday. So this is, you know, a little bit of a pre full moon reading. You can, you'll have three days to hear it, you know, before the full moon hits. And then that's going to be affecting us for the next two weeks. So remember to do your rituals of, of increase this week up until Friday, because starting Friday, when the full moon hits, it's going to be the energy of decrease after that for two weeks. So you know, for your witchcraft uh, purposes, rituals and whatnot. There you do. There you have it. So that's it for now, guys. I will be back tomorrow with all unique and original programming, just like always. But until then, I'm signing off with peace and joy in the high vibes of the holy fifth dimension. Until then, guys, peace. Metaphysical Soul Speak is run on sponsors and listener support. This means listeners like you. If you are so inclined to support my efforts and my little podcast, please visit me at anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical and pledge an amount of your choosing today. Thank you.